Jewish Latin Princess, Episode 60, Barbara Hines, Visual Artist and Philanthropist. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess, and this is our 60th episode. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Yael Trush, your host. As always, happy to be here. To celebrate the big 6-0, today we switch gears to art. Today I have one of my favorite artists, Mrs. Barbara Hines. Barbara is a world-renowned artist who discovered her Jewish identity while her children were already teenagers. She was born in Germany and grew up in Australia, not knowing that both her parents had survived the Holocaust. They hid their identity, and the first time she encountered Jews was in college. But that's not what did it. What was the turning point? How did she eventually find out that she is in fact a Jewish woman? What was the transition to a Jewish lifestyle like? What about her husband and children? And what about her art? How has Judaism informed it? Barbara is extremely prolific. How does the creative process happen for her? Like really, practically speaking. And what is she working on now? What's in the artist's mind? And what is her take on charity? Wait till you hear that. Admirable and inspiring. Here's Barbara Hines. Barbara Hines, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. It's so good to have you here. Thank you very much, Yale. You'll have to excuse my voice. I think I'm coming down with a sore throat, um, but here we are. Well, you've been traveling recently, and I think you even had a simcha recently in the family, and there's a lot going on, all good things. I'm so happy for you. Thank you very much, Yale. <laughs> so, Barbara, you've had an in- incredible life full of meaning, joy. You have a beautiful family. You and your husband you know, raised children. You have grandchildren, thank God. You've been very, very philanthropic in your lives. A lot of meaning. And and you have a beautiful career as an artist. Um, and we're going to get to your art soon. But your life journey also was very unusual. I understand that you did not know you were Jewish growing up. In fact, you found out later in life. So how did it happen that you didn't know? And how did you come to find out that you are Jewish, your real identity? Uh, Yale, I don't think my story is unique. I think uh, there are probably many Jewish people with a story. I am German-born. I grew up in Australia, and of course, my parents were survivors, so they didn't mention um, Judaism to us, and I didn't know what a Jew was until I went to university, and my friends were Jewish. Hmm. So, um, you know, they thought, uh, protect the children. It could happen again. They were not religious, so we grew up in in uh, blissful ignorance. Hmm. And so, so you go to university. Is that when you start finding out, or when do you find out your parents' identity? Um, well, my father, at, when I was at uh, University of Sydney as a young woman, my uh, Jewish uh, friends said, um, "What's the story?" And they 
thought that they that there was some Jewish background, and my, that's when my father admitted that, yes, indeed, his mother had been Jewish, yeah. and um, he had been imprisoned and escaped as a result of that, and that was when I was about 21, mm-hmm. and then um, in midlife, when our son was, uh, we well, by then I had married and um, moved to uh, Texas and then from there to London. And uh, when our son was in uh, about 14 years old, he was at Westminster School in London and uh, they teach uh, Christianity there, go to Westminster Abbey every every week. Mm-hmm. That's part of the school. And um, that's when he started studying uh, his, um, uh, the, he wanted to find the root of Christianity uh, and that's when when he decided he wanted to pursue the Jewish faith and uh, called my mother in Australia and mentioned it to her. And she said, oh, well, that's interesting because um, my mother was Jewish too. Mm. And uh, so, of course, as as you know, and um, I didn't know at the time, that makes you Jewish, whether right. you're a believer or not. It's, it's a nationhood. And uh, it was uh, very interesting. It connected a lot of dots in my life. Wow. So your your teenage son brought you to this realization. That's right. And so, so, so it's almost like you together had to go through this journey of what do we do with this information now, right? Because yes, and, and our daughter, who was uh, just a couple, of, a little bit older than our son, uh, she um, joined in the spiritual search. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both loved religion. They both uh, were very spiritual people. I'd been a practicing Buddhist for 20 years. <gasps> wow. And, uh, yeah, and I you know, taught them to honor other traditions as well as to learn the philosophy of other traditions like Hinduism and Sufism and uh, going to a Christian school of course they were well versed in Christianity mm-hmm. so um, they did enjoy their um, their uh, religious studies at school a lot mm-hmm. but but as you know you know we've we're a na- as you mentioned, we're a nationhood, and so much comes with that. We're part. It's a lifestyle. It's you know, Judaism informs everything we do from the moment we wake up to you know when we go to sleep right, and everything right. in between. Yep. So, my question is, how did how did you transition into that? Um, because obviously, it's almost like you had to start from scratch or you know that how long did that transition take was it immediate yeah, it, it, it's a it's a journey you know mm-hmm. uh at first um i was uh you know i was happy that he had found his path and i supported that a hundred percent um and i studied along with him as i saw these boxes of books coming and of course being German um, he would ask the books were in Yiddish and he would ask for my translation in German before he'd look up in his Yiddish dictionary wow. so I was to help him a lot and I wanted to know where he was going and what he was studying it was all very interesting to me and um, yeah and so it was a very gradual process Beautiful. I just wanted to know where he was what he was up to mm-hmm. what he was thinking and it was uh, it, it it, it was, you know, there was. It wasn't like an epiphany, as the Christians would say. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's more of a gradual process that all of a sudden I realized that this was my identity, this was my tribe, and this was my path. Because the spiritual search was a long one, and I never felt I'd quite come home. I enjoyed all the all the teachings from the other traditions. I really celebrated them, and I practiced them. Um, but 
finding my own identity and 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 nationhood it was uh, it was it was very clear it was very clear though i can't remember exactly there wasn't like a moment right. it was more of a gradual realization yeah like a coming home yeah right. exactly coming home mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and your husband i'm assuming was supportive um throughout i know him He's a good sport. <laughs> He's a good sport. He's not um, interested in religion, mm -hmm. um, but he um, he um, he you know he was uh, certainly not uh, working against me, and he was uh, understanding that I wanted to you know the the big uh, the big um, one was when I decided to become Shoma Shabbos, mm -hmm. and of course that changed our life and travel routine and schedule, and it was uh, that was a big one. But I. Right always was very um, quick to point out all the blessings that came hand in hand with the observance of uh, Shabbos. <laughs> wow. Can you give us an example that comes to mind? Oh, every time there was something. Um, one that stood out was um, we were um, – there were social events and business events that right. played on Saturday, so I could never stay with the, the other people at the same hotel, and I had to walk, and, you know, the the the, the – keeping of the Shabbos, it gets complicated if yes. you're um, outside of the community. So here we were in uh, Siena at uh, the Monte de Pasco bank function. That was a big um, dinner in the middle of town. And uh, we didn't stay at the group hotel, which turned out to be much less attractive than our little hotel, which was just uh, a few minutes walk away. And it was a dinner that was a very long dinner. It started at 9 p.m. and went on till after midnight. And Jerry and I were just able to slip away and walk to our hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> there was always something. There was always some amazing, you know, silver lining. What, what looked to him like a cloud that we would have to circumnavigate. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And Shabbos yeah. observance for you came after your children. Who took that on first? You're the the kids. Oh, it was our son. It was our son. He and um, and then I thought, oh, well, kosher's coming next. So I started studying <laughs> up on kosher, and I wanted to keep a kosher kitchen for him. And he was, you know, a fourteen year old. They're very passionate, and uh, so. You know, I did my best, and any time I made a mistake, Aww. like he wouldn't eat the food if I was like Aww. still cooking. Like a few minutes after sundown, it was like can't eat that, mum. So I learned. I learned quickly. Hi, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about your art because that also was a discovery of sorts later in life after your kids had left home for college. So tell us about that journey. Well, it wasn't really a discovery. I'd always loved art. I went uh -huh. to I, I went to design school in New York, Pratt Institute, and then the New York School of Design. And it was like, you know, I, I tried to take classes along the way, but it was like, you know, when you have to drive carpool and you drop off and you take them here and there, you can't really get very much done. Right. And it seems that just when you catch that wave, it's time to stop and go pick somebody up. So it was really when they went off to college that my time opened up and I was able to, um, you know, to really develop the skills and the and the techniques. Yeah. Amazing. And how did how does how does your discovery of Judaism and your growth in your Jewish observance has has it shaped your art? 
Well, of course, everything an artist thinks and feels um, is expressed some way in, in, in your art as, you know, it, as, as it informs every action and thought we have. Mm-hmm. So reading um, the weekly Parsha, the, chap- the Torah chapter, um, I would have images and I started sketching and drawing and painting and expressing those. And, and then, of course, the Jerusalem series came along. Yes. And, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's... Every artist paints flowers at some point or another, and you know you, you do that along the way. But then I'm always, you know, drawn to express what is closest to my heart, and and that would be the studies, the the Torah studies. That's beautiful, Barbara. And you know, I I when I did my research, I found something that was very beautiful. Um, you and your husband, of course, have been involved in philanthropy for many years. So you donating proceeds of your art sales to charity was not no surprise to me. But I read that you donate the entirety of your artwork sales to charity. Tell us about that decision and in general, your view on charity. Um, well, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's a mitzvah. So a mitzvah is not a request. Um, mm. It's not a a choice it's a commandment so to me i don't even like the word charity mm-hmm. it, it's an opportunity as i see it it's an opportunity to give back to give um i've everybody all of us have certain gifts and i chose to use my gifts to to hopefully further um spiritual studies for other people to help jewish causes and it's um it's an honor, I think. Uh, I'm glad I'm the one that can be giving. Um, I've been on the receiving end from all the blessings for sure. Right. So to be able to, to give back is a great is a great opportunity. My husband pays for my food and clothing, so <laughs> I don't have any uh, overhead. And uh, this is uh, one way to give back. That's not just writing a check. I suppose it's an act. Right. Right. Yeah. And and like you said, tzedakah is we we translate it as charity, but really it's it's justice. It's it's establishing was just in the yeah. world that that giving to others yeah that's right we all get what we get for certain reasons and uh you do the best with what you have yes and it's very i like i like i like the uh bit in perka avos where a, a wise man a happy man is the one who is uh content with his lot in life yes such an important thing to remember right mm-hmm. Right, and we see we see so often that these blessings they just really come back to us, and not we don't do it for that reason, but certainly I've seen it in my life that when we give, yeah. and somehow yeah. way or another, Hashem just repays it to you. It's just that's right. It's really incredible. And talk to us about Jewish education. I know you're very involved with the Jewish Learning Institute, which I'm going to make a big plug for them because I'm a big fan of JLI Chabad's yes, educational yes. branch. As I mean, am I, right? They put such beautiful, intellectually challenging courses of, uh, on universal topics from a Jewish perspective. So talk to us about your involvement with them. Um, well, I think education is the, the future and it's definitely the future of Judaism. So by furthering and furthering the, the goal, it was all run by Chabad, and that was my first introduction. And I must say, I I, I was very blessed because they are out, they really reach out to other. Jews, as well as to the community as la- at large, in the hope that um, Jews can be more aware of their traditions, their their 
um, raison d'être, their, mm-hmm. their, um, their, what they're here for on earth to do, what their, yes. what their mission is. And many, many of us have forgotten or lost our way or didn't even know we had a reason to be here. So it, the, it's the whole future face of Judaism, I think, that, um, that the goal is to just educate everybody and um, let people celebrate and practice with joy and with pride. Yes, I so agree with you. I think the future of, of us as a people is really in our education, and um, and of course they have the great um, they have the great Rebbe, the uh, Lubavitcher Rebbe, who is the great inspiration. And uh, many uh, many of the older Chabadniks they um, still have that direct contact uh, during his lifetime with, and uh, that inspires them and their families, and uh, they've passed this inspiration and and love of their fellow. Uh, Jews to um, to their children and grandchildren. Yes, so beautiful. Barbara, where are your children, by the way? Do you have kids living in Texas? Unfortunately not. We have, um, we have some uh, of my husband's children from uh-huh. his first marriage living here. Thank God for that. And uh, some grandchildren. But um, um, our, our children and grandchildren are in uh, New York and Denver. Oh, okay. So that that makes you, that forces you to travel a lot. <laughs> forces me to travel, but at the same time, it also frees up my days a little bit when I'm not traveling. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So talking about freeing up your days, you've been very busy the past few months getting ready for your latest show, Spotlight on Joseph, um, mm-hmm. which is at the Old City Jewish Art Center in Philadelphia. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. I mean, what an incredible character to build upon it means so many things that we can learn the modern day person can learn from the this persona of joseph tell us about this show how did how did it go well uh thank you it it went very well it was um an opportunity for me to broaden my artistic horizons and i incorporated technology and performance art into the um as as the the actual paintings, about thirty five of them were the backdrop in the gallery, uh-huh. and then um, and then I um, we designed a coat that was light sensitive, and I dressed the rabbi in this uh, light sensitive coat, and we threw um, a continual stream of my paintings as images onto the coat while I interviewed him in the role of Joseph. So it was a lot of fun for the that opening. That is super cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun joseph's probably one of my most favorite characters in the in the in the bible in the torah yes um i think he's very contemporary so my paintings were very contemporary i used the silk screen technique because i think it gives a very simple and uh, current feeling to any anybody um you paint um i did him with his uh, cell phone looking at his cell phone doing a selfie with his brothers and uh just tried to bring him into the current day because his um his issues his uh, you know the central Struggles. themes of his life yeah were completely current yes sibling rivalry we have um sexual harassment we have um keeping his moral compass whilst living in a world of depravity mm-hmm. and then um and, and relative moral values he kept true to his uh, eternal values so uh, yeah it was a lot of fun i enjoyed the performance part and uh, the show has now actually closed in philadelphia but they've moved the paintings to another gallery in philadelphia so the paintings are still up and um it's inspired me to do uh, to think about the next show where i'm going to do uh, women uh, the great great um 
character, women cast of characters that we have in um, in our Torah reading. Oh, I love that! Yay! Yeah. It'll be spotlight on great women. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. And so you're working on that. You're like you're starting to work on well, that. I'm. I'm. It's it's a mental process. Before yes. I, yeah. Definitely. I'm doing a lot of research and reading and thinking. Yeah. Good for you, Barbara. Oh, I'm really excited about that. (laughs) I'm going to be cheering you all along. I'm all about the women. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of them. (laughs) Yes, um, and we have a lot to learn from them. And it might be harder to do that research because the layers of meaning and information are not necessarily as obvious as, you know, they're not at the forefront as the male characters, but the meaning and the depth is definitely there. And uh, I'm I'm very excited that you're taking on this challenging task. Very much needed in today's world so very yeah. beautiful Barbara what, let's talk about time because I mean look at everything you've told me you're extremely prolific and of course you and your husband are involved in so many causes and you have the kids and the grandkids and you take the time to study Torah and Jewish thought which obviously as you told us informs your art so how do you manage your time to get a chance to actually create your art well I um Yael it- I paint in spurts, so uh-huh. it's not like I, you know, carve out a few hours every day. When I'm traveling, I'm thinking, I'm writing notes, sketching. And then when I get to my studio here or in Colorado, I block out the times and don't take phone calls and just focus and just paint till I can't stand up anymore. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. uh-huh. And I have good help. I have excellent help. Everything is done, you know collaboratively these days in art and uh and uh you can't do anything you know solo anymore right no you need a tech team i have fantastic help and inspiration from teachers and support people and house staff and just you know just it's a collaborative thing because without the others around me i I couldn't be freed up to do my work right 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 what about the kids and the grandkids anybody exhibit the inclination towards art like you from you um, there's a lot of talent there, but their lives are so busy right now. You have to, right? Yeah, you have to be able to slow down and um, actually just—it's it, not. They're in the stage that I was at when they're carpooling and driving and picking up and diapering. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Raising, raising young young kids. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely talent, and someone sooner or later is going to pick up the baton and run with it. Amazing, amazing. Barbara, let's um, do some JLP fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'll give you some statements and you just finish them up for me, okay? Okay. All right. I'm Barbara Hines and I feel most spiritual when? Um, I think when I'm quiet and not doing anything. Hmm. Yep, I think that's it. Do you get a lot of ideas on Shabbos? That happens to oh, me. Oh, all the time. Right. All the time. And of course, I can't write them down. And I, I think know. I'm remember, but I don't. <laughs> oh, me too. I always think I'm going to remember uh, and I don't. <laughs> yes, I, I sort of think, uh, you know, we're not supposed to be creative on. It's about not being creative, isn't it? <laughs> and that's when my most creative thoughts seem to come out. <laughs> I know. I know. Hmm. Maybe we need a second Shabbos to write them down. Maybe. Something. Yeah. I'm not sure, but they are messages from Hashem. Like they are coming to us from somewhere. So <laughs> I don't know. My favorite mitzvah, or one I feel most connected with, is um, Yale. I, you know, I I try to keep this dialogue in the in the back of my brain going all the time. So I try to turn pretty much the humdrum of every everyday life and everything I do. I try to find a mitzvah in that. Mm. So there isn't one thing that's 
more than another. It's just one step at a time, moment by moment, I think. I think that's what I've learned. Yes, it's so true. It's so true. You you probably are, I, I'm asking you, are you the type to like talk to God like, you know, from your heart, like you'll be driving somewhere and you'll have this conversation with God? Yeah, it's an ongoing conversation. Me too. Just to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Which I think is a gift that women have, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more you have the conversation, the louder the voice gets. And yes. uh, we have to be careful it doesn't get too faint. Yes. Beautifully said. All right. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Yeah, I don't think I have a a Jewish memory. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Well, maybe there was an incident with your grandkids, their birth, or maybe, you know, you mentioned earlier. Well, I love all the Simchas. I love the Simchas. There was a moment when our son, um, when we were doing the bris, um, for his only son. Yes. And they named him Reuven. And my father had um, a grown-up um, atheist. And then um, when um, my children and myself were reconnected and started practicing Judaism, I was able to reconnect my mother and father and sister. And so my father had a bar mitzvah <gasps> in, in Israel in his 90s. And we gave, his name was Rolf, and we gave him a Jewish name, which was Reuven. Wow. And and I think at, at the bris, you know, everybody's standing around while the blessings are done, and then you wait for the name. And when they named their son, their mm. only son, Reuven, that was a um, a very sweet moment. Wow, Barbara, I got chills. How I, special. Yeah, because my son and I, we were with him as he passed, and we sang Shema to him. Oh. And, and I invited him. Probably was not my place to invite him, but I did invite him to come back as a grandchild, and we would take good care of him. Wow, how special. I think that's a sweet memory. That's a beautiful memory. Mm -hmm. Something I wished I had learned about Judaism growing up is... (laughs) Well, I would have liked to have known that I was um, Jewish growing up because Mm -hmm. it definitely would have changed my life um, as it did later. But everything in its time... And right. uh, and I respect the timing of it. There was definitely Hashem had a reason, but it would have been nice to have known in college that I could have. I would have felt more a part of my Jewish circle. Right. How were those early conversations with your parents as you and your children are embarking in the in this journey? I can't imagine they were easy. Yeah, they were not easy. They were not easy at all. Um, we would just ask questions, and um, and I realized that a lot of words. We uh, German was my primary language, mm-hmm. and I realized that a lot of the words that I had taken for granted as German words were actually Yiddish. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So it's a tradition that came through the family, even though we have uh, not. Uh, my family members were all non-religious, so they didn't get the religion, but they certainly had a lot of the traditions, and that made me feel a kinship, I suppose. At uh, you know, when my little life expanded to um, college, and I met people from that were from my similar backgrounds, I thought it was the fact that. We were European, what we had in common. But it, now I understand it was, it was more than that. It was the relig- It was the tradition of Judaism. Hmm. Were they able to come to terms? Well, I know that your father. I mean, he had a bar mitzvah, so obviously he did. But were they able to come to terms with your choice and your children's choices regarding the faith? Well, 
you know, for them, it was about, for parents, it's about protecting children. Right. And having lived through the Holocaust and made it through the other end, a a lot of family members did not make it. And uh, for them, it was about keeping the secret far away in Germany. Back then, there were no cell phones. You didn't call Europe. It was too expensive. You didn't fly back. Plane tickets were too expensive. So we grew up in relative isolation from the family, and um, they thought it would keep us safe. So these fears of your safety continued on probably till the end? Well, yes. And and then, you know, the world world turned a corner and things changed. Everything changed with communication, with attitudes, with opening up, with prejudices. All of that changed with my generation. Right, right, right. When I give tzedakah, um, I like to give to... Whatever's in front of me, Yale. Good for you. Wow. Wow. You know, sometimes you can't reach in your purse fast enough to that guy standing at the red light with a sign up. But I like to think that, you know, I'm I'm so blessed that I'm the one get able to give. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, it's like if God put the opportunity in front of you, it's for a reason. So you got to uh-huh. take it. Right, right, right. Finally, I'm Barbara Hines. And today I'm most grateful for I'm most grateful for um, knowing what gratitude is and feeling uh, in this constant state of gratitude. I think um, there isn't enough gratitude today. There's There's too much entitlement. There's too much um, taking for granted. Um, And I think uh, that would be at the top of the list in what what I hope our our grandchildren learn is gratitude. Gratitude, which to me is the secret of a happy life. That's right. That's right. You got it. Right. right. I agree with you. Barbara, your art is so beautiful. Where can we find you? We want to follow you. We want to look at it, admire it. And whoever's out there who wants to buy it, tell us everything. Where do we find you? Um, I, I do have um, um, a website. It's called barbarahinesart.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I have an Instagram where if I remember to post, I put pictures up of my work. I uh, don't want to do um, personal pictures. I keep it more about the work. Right, right. And that's yeah. at Barbara yeah. Hines Art, right? That's your yes. Instagram and, handle. And I, ha- I have a gallery, a Meredith Long Gallery of Houston, Texas. And um, yes, you've been they sell my work. Yeah, they represent me. For a while, right? <coughs> right. And yeah. then I, yeah, and then I do shows at the different um, Chabad um, events and um, sell things and at auctions and whatever opportunities come up, I try to, you know, have something to show or sell. Beautiful. Barbara, thank you for this inspiring interview. Thank you for everything you do. I so appreciate you. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. So am I, Yael. Thank you again. And sorry about my husky voice. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been a pleasure. And um, I look forward to following your future podcasts. And and, uh, thank you, anyone out there who might be listening. Thank you. Thanks to Barbara Hines for stopping by. Her website is barbarahines.com and you can follow her on Instagram at barbarahinesart. Over there, you can also follow me at Jewish Latin Princess, of course. And there's always my newsletter, which is a lot of fun, or so I hear from subscribers. No, really, it is. It is not a repeat of the blog, but just a different feel, updates, personal things that don't necessarily make it to the blog, contests, giveaways, you know, and a little bit of what's going on also in my life. I don't crowd your inboxes. 
so don't worry. And as always, if you know of a uniquely talented Jewish woman whom you'd like to have me feature on the show, let me know um, at yael at jewishthoughtsandprincess.com. I received emails from some of you on how much you enjoyed hearing episode 59 with my dear mother-in-law, collaborative family lawyer and mediator, Norma Trush. I'm so glad you found it helpful and I was so happy to hear from you. I do respond, so be in touch. This is the final week of school for us. I am, am I prepared <laughs> for what's about to hit me? No, never. No matter how much I plan for it, I'm never really ready for the transition into summer and everyone being home at least for a while until they head off to day camp and sleepaway camp. So if this is your last week of school also, well, let me wish you well and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.